0: You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Well, fantastic. Thanks very much, everybody. Grab your seats if you can. It's so good to be here, Martin and Esther. Thank you for your kind invite. Such a privilege and an honor to be part of a vision that is touching, not just Coventry, but touching uh, the whole world. And I'm grateful that today I have the opportunity to be here and to just share from God's Word. Do you like the person you're sitting next to? You sure? Look at the person sitting next to you and say, I'm glad I'm seated next to you. Yeah, now look at the person you completely ignored on the other side and say, you too. (laughs) Um, It's great to be here, hey. Um, I I was born in Nigeria. Any Nigerians in the house? There you go. So my mum and dad were school teachers there at the time and uh, and I was born there. When I was born, I was diagnosed with three deadly diseases all at the same time. Long story short, there was no medical cure for uh, my conditions and uh, the uh, the nearest kind of specialty hospital at the time was 150 kilometers away and so my parents took me there and, uh, and the doctor said, well, there's nothing really we can do. And uh, so I'd stopped eating, stopped breathing. Um, it's my, the pupils and my eyelids had flipped backwards. My skin had turned blue and, uh, and, uh, and my mom and dad, they were both followers and believers in Jesus Christ and they prayed that God would somehow do a miracle. And uh, after a while when they came and checked up on me, I was breathing again. And so the consultant that, uh, that was looking after me, he was, uh, he was born and raised a Buddhist, but he was an atheist, he didn't have any faith. He looked at my parents and said, I have never seen anything like this in my medical experience. And he added these words. He said, only your God could have done it. And the good news, and the good news is that God is here. He is here. So he is still in the business, I believe, of rewriting reports, still having the final words. So I don't care. How you feel today, whether you're here with a little faith, a lot of faith, or no faith at all, I am convinced my God is a good God, and there is something special He wants to do in your life. Two years ago, my parents tracked down this consultant in his retirement uh, home, and he said, hey, do you remember? He said, I can never forget. what I did not realize is that my mom and dad had kept medical reports from the day, and they showed it to me just two years ago. And it's a harrowing read when it says, Sujith Alex needed resuscitation, and then they don't know what happened. And actually, the next day, the day after resuscitation, says, discharged from care, because they had no idea what went on. And that doctor was was amazed that I'm still alive, still living, still breathing. And so I'm grateful for the gift of of life. And the gift just to be here is just a huge honor. The Bible says, I lie down to sleep and I wake up because the Lord sustains me. So the fact that we got out of bed is not because our alarms rang. It's because God has been good. All my life, you have been faithful and he has been so good. Come on. Yeah, we can give him a round of praise because God is a good God. And he is good to us all the time. I want to read today from Mark chapter 2. And I'm going to read a story there from the Bible of what happened in the life of Jesus. I'm going to start reading from verse 1. And uh, I'm going to go all the way to verse verse 12 or verse 13. And then we'll, we'll pick up the story then. So this is what it says. After a few days, Jesus returned to Capernaum. And it was reported that he was at home. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he rose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all, so that they were amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. He went out again beside the sea, and all the crowd was coming to him and he was teaching them. Will you pray with me for a moment as I share from God's word today? Father, we're so grateful that uh, we are here and we have the opportunity to read your word. Father, we pray today we will see Jesus. Thank you that our lives are never going to be the same again. Thank you that today those who are sick here in this room will be healed. Thank you today that you're going to break ceilings for us so He can go further than all the plateaus we have endured in our life. We thank you for the power of your word that it will create, it will correct, it will inspire, it will bring forth faith. And I thank you, oh God, for what you're about to do and what you're about to say. Thank you that every distraction of the body, of the mind, of the surrounding has been paused in the presence of Jesus. Thank you that the entrance of your word brings light, and therefore darkness has to check out. So we're ready for you to do what only you can do. In Jesus' name, amen. The Bible says that after a few days Jesus returned to Capernaum. He got back to Capernaum. If he got back to Capernaum, if he went back to this town called Capernaum, that means that was not his first visit. He's been there before. If he has if he if that was his first visit, the Bible should not say he returned to the town after a few days. So I just want to look at what happened during his first visit. This is what happened during his first visit. We see that in chapter 1 and verse 32. That evening they brought to him everybody that was sick and oppressed by demons. The Bible says the whole city was gathered together at the door. Not some in the city, not most in the city, but the whole city was gathered at the door. You know the meeting's good when the whole city shows up. And they then Jesus healed many who were sick, many with various diseases, many, and he cast out many demons. And uh, what what a great entrance to the city. Imagine Jesus going there and, uh, and people are at the door. The whole city is turned up. The sick are getting healed. And can you imagine in that city, I'm sure the joy would have been high. The buzz would have been high. The vibe would have been high. I mean, everybody would have been talking about what just happened here. Jesus shows up and the lame are walking, the blind are seeing. Incredible miracles are breaking out. And so he comes back to the city, and the Bible says he's teaching in a a room, in a house, and uh, there is no room, not even at the door. There's no room even at the door. It's not a surprise, is it? Because if he's been there first time, and everybody's experienced all these miracles, when word got around that Jesus was back in the room, it was packed. There were no seats left. It was sold out. There was no room at the door. And the Bible says, four people came carrying a paralyzed man to that meeting i don't know about you but i wonder what that man was feeling when he was living in that city because there's rumors going around hey did you hear about jane she she was blind she can see now did you hear about mark he was he was lame he can walk now and it's, if i was the paralytic man i'd be going uh, good for jane good for my, what about me? Have you ever been in a moment when you know the move of God is happening, but you just think, man, why is it bypassing my life? Why is it that everybody seems to apply for a job and they get it? I've been applying for a job and a promotion for a while and you're going, God, what what about me? What do you do when you live in a community where you are aware that the move of God is happening, that God is powerful, God is able, He is healer, He is provider. It happens to everybody else but you. Have you ever thought, God, what about me? What do you do when the pain of life gets to you and you're saying, man, I just seem to be an observer where everybody seems to have a testimony, a message, a story about what God has done in their life, but I'm the only person that seems to not have a story. What does it feel like being this paralyzed man when you're going, gosh, Every, everybody had their touch, but what about me? So, so these friends, um, they're good friends, I'm sure, because these friends thought, hey man, listen, Jesus is back in town again. Maybe today's your day, so they carry him to the room. And guess what? They're late. I mean, surely if you wanted a touch from God and you missed your first opportunity, you should have got there on time. They turn up at the house and the house is full. There's no room at the door. What do you do when you want a miracle, but you have a regret that you didn't do the right thing at the right time in the right place? There are people sitting in this room right now, and you believe God, and you trust God, and you know He's good, and He's able, but you also have regrets, and you think, man, if only I had said the right thing, done the right thing, made the right decision, gone to university on time, married the right person. What do you do when you trust God, and God is able, but you also have regrets? What do you do? They turn up and, it's, and they lay, the, the, the room's full. You see, um, it, it's easy to get there on time if you can walk, isn't it? it? It's easy to get there on time if you don't have burdens to carry that other people don't. If, if we had time and if we were to pass the mic around this room, you'd be amazed at the burdens people are carrying right here, right now. You'd be amazed at the depression we're battling. You'd be amazed at the mental health challenges in a room like this. You'd be amazed at the, at the guilt and the shame that people are combating. You'd be amazed at the childhood trauma that's been lingering, that people are plowing through and working through things right now. What do you do when everybody's got legs but you've got weight to carry? You know God is good, you know God is able, but you also know that it's easier for other people to get from A to B, but you've got burdens here. Have you ever felt, God, if I did not have these responsibilities, if I did not have this weight, if I did not have all of these things that I'm carrying, then I would have been quicker, I would have been faster, I would have got there on time. What do you do when you know God is good? He is able and he is able to do anything, but you've also got burdens to carry. Have you ever felt like you're in a place where you trust in God but you also have weight, and sometimes these weights and burdens are visible for other people to see, and so people can have empathy and compassion on you, but sometimes the weight and the burdens we carry, we can't share because they're private, they're internal, and only you know the tears you've cried at night, and you're saying, God, I believe you, I trust you, but I'm going slower than other people because I've got a burden and a weight to carry, and I can't even share it because it's too personal, it's too private. What do you do when you know God is good but you've got burdens to carry what do you do they get to the room late and the bible says there's no room to get in because everybody is 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 it's just 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 packed and there's people even sitting at the door. I would like to think that if this room was packed right now and a few people came and knocked on that door and uh, and, and, they were, and they saw that there's four people carrying a man on a mat and he was paralyzed, I would like to think that the welcome team here at CLM would make way and say, hey, come in or at least host them or, or take them to one of the side rooms. And these guys come with a paralyzed man and there's people at the door and nobody moves. Nobody makes way. Nobody has any kindness or empathy. Nobody goes, man, we got our miracle. We, we've got our touch. Maybe this guy needs it more than we do. How about we stand up, make space so that he can come in. Maybe he can have, he can have his touch too. Maybe he, he can have his miracle too. Nobody moves. Who are these people? Christ Followers. People sitting and listening to Jesus preach. Have you ever had a moment where you, you you wanted to reach out to Christ? You wanted to pursue the presence of God. You wanted to know, God, I want your touch in my life. But people have been in the way. People who should have helped you didn't help you. People who should have supported you didn't support you. People who should have stood up and made a way did nothing but block the way instead. What do you do? What do you do when you know that God is good, but people are in the way. Have you ever felt that? And say, God, man, uh, every time I feel like I want to get ahead, somebody's in the way. And wh- wh- why, why can't they just be a bit kinder and move out of the way so I can get in? <laughs> and say, and so these guys say, well, if, <clears throat> if, uh, if, 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 if there's no way, we're going to go to the roof. So these guys go to the roof, start digging. And uh, man, if this guy is paralyzed, there's only one way he can be on the mat. And that's horizontally. He can't be vertical on a mat because he's paralyzed. So if he's horizontal, can you imagine how big that hole in the roof is? That's not a small hole. That's a big hole. And guess what? See, I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Sometimes I, I wish it—I wish it never happens to me. And sometimes I'd, I'd be so embarrassed in a room like this. When we come for a meeting like this, people say, you know, if you're able to, will you will you silence your phones? And sometimes your phone rings, and everybody's looking at you and going, "Man, I should have silenced my phone." Because you see, when you're in a meeting like this, and somebody's speaking, everybody's paying attention. And and you know, this is not Pastor Esther's story or Martin's story or Sujith Alex preaching. Jesus is preaching. In the room, it's full. And all of a sudden, the sounds from the roof. You think, what's that? How long do you think it takes to, 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 to put a hole in a roof as big enough to get a man through horizontally? We're not talking about one or two minutes, are we? Can you imagine what it's like to disturb Jesus' meeting? I mean, this is not just your phone going through. I'm so glad it didn't happen in my church because we <laughs> we think well where, where, how do you write a risk assessment for that one? Do we, can we tell our insurers that this is their plan? how do you see so you see sometimes the you want to trust God, but you think, man, my life is a disturbance to the ministry of Jesus itself. Maybe I should just quit and leave, because every time I'm trying to make a difference, I think I'm just adding more pain. There are people in the room right now, and you thought, man, I'm di- I'm, I'm going to quit. I've been serving on this rota here at CLM, but nothing is happening. I've been tithing. Nothing's happening. I've been giving into the vision offering. Nothing's happening. I'm going to try it one more time, because every time I feel like I'm trusting God, it's not like I'm making a difference. On the contrary, sometimes I feel I'm just a disturbance to people. But I want to say to you, you have come too far to quit. You have come too far to give up. God did not bring you this far for you to stop and bolt on the journey. Just give it time. You will be amazed to see what God is about to do. So these guys open the roof and and the guy comes through and Jesus is continuing to preach. And Jesus says, son, your sins are forgiven. And uh, people are going, well, who who is this? Who is this man to, to forgive sins? And and and, and said, well, Jesus realized what they were talking about, and uh, and they said, uh, so that uh, so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority to forgive sin. I say to you, son, uh, pick up your mat. And uh, and go home. Can, can I have the mat here? That'd be great. So so there's a mat on in the room. Jesus is preaching, and there's a mat, and the guy is lying down. And Jesus says three words. He says, uh, he says, your sins are forgiven. Then he says that now that you ha- that you may know that I have authority to forgive sins, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. All the people were complaining and grumbling, saying, Hey, hey, uh, wh- who is this man to forgive sins? But Jesus said, I'm going to use this opportunity where you had unbelief to display my authority. You see, I'm a believer that God is so good that even in the presence of unbelief, people don't always have to believe you, trust you, cheer for you, for God to move in your life. And sometimes you've got to get out of your box thinking, man, I'll get my next break when everybody likes me. The authority Jesus has over your life is bigger than people cheering for you. And whether people are for you or against you, my God is able to bring something good out of your life. And if you know that's for you, you want to cheer right now, now and give God praise because God is about to get some people through situations whether people like you or not whether they are your fans or not and Jesus says three words to this guy he says rise take up your mat and go home why on earth did Jesus tell him to go home if I was pastor Jesus preaching in the meeting I'd be like "Um, Luke can you give up your seat please because we've got a we've got this guy, we, we want him to join us on the front row. Jesus tells the guy to go home. Son, I say to you, get up, take your mat, and go home. Well, why did he tell him to go home? Well, let's let's analyze the three things. He says, He says, I, I want you to rise. So so he, he gets up from, from the mat he's lying down on, and he says, Pick up the mat. And go home. Pick up the mat and go home. Pick up the mat. Hey, how is he supposed to go home? There's only one way he can go home. He has to walk through the very door that was closed in the first place. He has to go through the very thing that was, I don't know if you've ever done this. Sometimes I'm in a hurry and I'm always doing things last minute and and I'm not very organized sometimes. And and I'm trying to get through a door. I come to a door, I push it and it's locked and I'm disappointed it's locked. And then I step back and because I'm pushing through, I step back and in bold letters it's written there, pull. Because I'm trying to push. And I conclude that the door is locked. But I didn't know that the door was not locked. The door was open. It's just that it was not meant to open the way I was thinking it was going to open. I want to say some of you, some of you have come to the conclusion that there are closed doors in your life. But the word of God for you today, the word of God for CLM right now is this. The door is not closed. It's open. It's just meant to open in a way that's different to what you thought. I would love to have been a fly on the wall in that room where all these religious people sitting and listening to Jesus preaching. And the door is crammed and the room is crammed. All of a sudden, all these people have to stand up, get up and make way. Why? Because now the door has to open. The door has to now open. Can you imagine what that's like? It would have been like water parting to the side where people standing and saying, man, we have never seen anything like it. We have never seen anything. Some of you have defined your life to say, man, my life was one closed door after another. Well, I have good news for you. I wonder whether you've defined it to say, man, I have just been closed door after closed door and closed door. That's my life. What if your story is about to change and people are gonna look at your life and say, we have never seen anything like it the very door that that he thought was closed is now open because Jesus says you, you've got to go home you, you've got to walk through the very experience that you thought was a closed door and I want to say to you there are times in life where you think man there's no way out but God always has a way I'm glad that Jesus didn't say Jesus didn't say drag your mat home I'm glad it's specifically written. Pick up your mat. I, I used to. I used to live in the Far East, and it was common for us to sleep on mats, not on mattresses, but on mats. And and the paralyzed man is 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 said is said is said pick up your mat and go home. There's only one way you can pick it up. You either have to roll it or fold it or or put it somewhere. And and uh, and, and for the first time in his life, for the first time in his life, he's carrying the thing that carried him. He's carrying the thing that carried him. For the first time in his life, he's carrying the very thing that's carrying him. I don't know about you, but I think God is about to do something in your life where you will carry the thing that carried you. You will dominate the thing that dominated you. You will define the thing that defined you. You will support the thing that supported you. You will bring identity to the thing that brought you identity. Our God is such a good God that when he begins to do something in your life, in your church, in your family, in your community, it is not just the same That he wants to heal, but he wants to bring back dignity and worth and confidence, touch your heart, your mind, your emotion. And he is now carrying the very thing that carried him, and he walks through that door. I don't know about you, but I believe CLM is about to enter a season of the open door, and you will define the thing that defined you, you will dominate the thing that dominated you, you will control the thing that controlled you. Some of you are in this place today, and you are battling addictions, and you think it's it's defined you, it's dominated you, it's controlled you. But get ready, when God displays his authority, you will begin to dominate and reign and rule over the very thing that ruled over you. God is a good God. He is a good God. He is a good God. He's a good God. Well, can you imagine what it's like carrying that mat? And he went out before them all and they said, We've never seen anything like this. we've never seen anything like this and so was it a, was it a disturbance to Jesus's ministry here's here's Jesus preaching and all of a sudden everybody's got to stand and and move out of the way because here's a man carrying carrying this thing. I wonder what it felt like to carry the thing that carried him you know sometimes we we, we can we can be defined by our defined by our insecurities sometimes we can be defined by our divorce we can be defined by our debt we can be defined by the fact that we grew up in a foster home we can be defined but but I wonder what it felt like to hold the thing that held him I wonder what it felt like to say I I, I can't believe this I can't believe so everybody now at the door has to make room for him and his mat everybody at the door has to now make room for him and his mat you say well this mat doesn't define me anymore I want to say to some of you your divorce does not define you anymore your, your, the fact that you grew up as an orphan not knowing your mom and dad it does not define you anymore Esther and Martin this church is not going to be defined by the plateaus it has hit because it's getting ready to break into a new phase and a new scheme and a new influence in this town and across the towns of the world where you are moving from the season of the closed door to the open door. And the door is not closed necessarily because of sin or bad things. The room is full because Jesus is in the room. This door was not closed because the devil closed the door. The door was closed because Jesus was in the room. Sometimes we, get, we hit plateaus in life. Sometimes we hit a, a closed door in life, not necessarily because it's bad, but because it's just there and, and it requires another level of faith to break through it. What I love fasten, what I love, what I absolutely love about the story is this. The Bible says, Jesus then left the house, verse 13, and he continued preaching by the seaside. Jesus then left the house and continued preaching by the seaside question how many doors are on the seaside how many people can you limit on the seaside how many walls are on the seaside you see every time you move out of your plateau and get to the seaside it's then limitless potential it's an unlimited opportunity. CLM is getting ready to go into a season of limitless potential. Unlimited opportunity where you will no longer be frustrated by the plateaus you've hit and you're saying, God, we've been trying to push, we've been trying to push, we've been trying to push and no matter how hard we push, we seem to have hit the ceiling. How much longer can we keep pushing? What is it that we need to try differently? But there is something in your life where God is about to do something new in this season. I don't believe it's a mistake that this word is coming on the back of Vision Sunday. I truly believe for your life, for your marriage, for your children and for your future, God is getting ready for you to define the thing that defined you. You will carry it, walk out through open doors and no longer will you be mentally, emotionally in a place that is limited and constricted by the demands and the things that constricted you. You are going into wide open spaces where it's no longer being limited by your structure or infrastructure, what you have or do not have, God is getting ready to push you into a place CLM in a place where you say God there's no more limitations there's no more doors there's no more walls we can do what we like because God has broken the sailing broken the barrier he goes home What I find fascinating about the story is that not once does he apologize for the hole in the roof you'd have thought hey uh, can I give you some money who's gonna fix this How do you explain that to the insurers? Man, if it rains tonight, what are you going to do? You see, faith does not make apologies for being radical. And some of you have radically given last week. And if you haven't, I want to encourage you to step out and do something radical make a dent in the roof if necessary and say God you know what I'm going to step out in faith and do something I've never done and I'm not going to apologize for it not because this is some sort of magic but I'm triggering my faith where God can release me into a season and a moment where my faith is not going to be limited we have entered the season of the open door if you believe this clap your hands and receive it as a word for you if you're able to stand all over this place we're gonna respond that God will do what only he can do lift your hands if you're able to and I'm gonna pray and the band are gonna lead us into a time of worship father we thank you for this church we thank you for what you're going to do we thank you for what you're about to do in Jesus name we praise you that we will not be identified by our insecurity we will no longer be defined by where we came from we will not be defined by our limitations and we will not be defined by the closed doors. We thank you that this is the season of the open door. This is a season of limitless potential. And in the name of Jesus, we thank you that as we carry the thing that carried us, as we define the thing that defined us, we will rise, we will no longer be paralyzed. Our time has come, and we thank you that this is the moment. And I pray for every marriage in the room. I pray for every finance in the room. I pray for every career in the room. I pray for every sick body in the room. Open doors for you to do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Come on, give God a shout of praise in the house today. Give Him praise.